0: Take your Bible, would you please, and find the book of Deuteronomy, and we'll be again in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hope you've had a good day, and the church is always good, good on, on Sunday, isn't it? And, and I'm glad to be a part of your church today, and happy to get to know a lot of you this weekend, and uh, some of you have never met before until the couples retreat, and some of you just today, but happy, happy, happy that Beth and I could come and serve you all, and hope you've just uh, enjoyed the weekend as well. Hope you got a good nap today. Anybody get a good nap today? I mean, y'all did not, did not get a good nap today. This is not the time, just so y'all know. And uh, so uh, I'm sorry you didn't get one, but not, not now. It's not the time. But I'm happy to be with you. Thank you so much for treating us so kindly and welcoming us and uh, taking care of our needs this weekend. We've enjoyed so much getting to know Pastor. And I know we've seen each other occasionally, but it's really the first time to really get to know your Pastor. And I love his spirit and uh, just the privilege of being around him. And it's been a real blessing. We've enjoyed that so very much. And I know you're thankful for him as well. And I'm really honored you'd let me preach today. So thank you for that, Pastor. Don't take that at all for granted. And I'm honored you'd come to church tonight and let the Lord work in your heart and life as well. Y'all look pretty good. And I'm glad y'all all are here tonight. Everybody's dressed nicely, looking good. You teenagers aren't looking too bad either. And I'm glad all of you're here as well. God bless you. Take your Bible here to Deuteronomy chapter six. By the way, Keeping It Young is our podcast. Pastor mentioned that. If you've never tuned into it, you can find it on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all of that. And it's something we started kind of on a whim. A friend of mine over in Indiana told us all the time, you need to start a podcast on the family. And he told me that and told me that and told me that. And then he called me one day and he said, why haven't you? And I said, well, number one, I'm busy. And number two, I have no idea what a podcast is. And uh, he said, well, I'm going to tell you how to do it. And he said, if I help you do it and I set it up and I take care of everything but the recording, will you do it? So we have a guy He works for Moody Radio and he takes care of everything. I record it. Bethany and I do all the study, all the preparation. Then we record it and send it to him. From there, it's all his. And he's been so kind to us. But we got 10 weeks off during COVID. First time I'd been home 10 straight weeks in 20 years. And uh, we, a lot of people were upset about COVID. We were really happy about it. We were home. And uh, we really enjoyed it. I wasn't happy that I got it, but I was happy about the time off. And it was just a time. We started the podcast, and really, I don't know what we expected, but we've been overwhelmed at the feedback. And the response of it, it's turned uh, things a little different direction for our ministry even. We uh, get uh, dozens and dozens and dozens of invitations for couples' retreats and couples' conferences. And we really can't do all of those because our primary focus is revival. And we primarily preach revivals, but we try to schedule as many of those couples' retreats and conferences as we can. And uh, the Lord's just been really good to us, really, really, really amazed at how good the Lord has been. So if you've never listened to the Keeping It Young podcast I hope you will. If you don't know anything about it, go to the website, keepingityoungpodcast.com, and you can listen to all 200 episodes there, about 30 minutes each, and they're all on there, and we cover all kinds of things. Right now, we're studying through the book of Proverbs, and we call it Life and Family Lessons in Proverbs. And uh, so join us. We're still in chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter 2, and we're going to be there for about six or seven weeks before we're finished with chapter 2. So uh, tune in tomorrow morning. We'll drop the next episode. And uh, we would uh, be glad for you to join us if you'd like to do so. All right, are you ready for the Word of God? Proverbs chapter 6, let's begin reading again in verse 1, just to kind of lay out the plan here. Uh, Now these are the commandments, statutes, and judgments, which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son, all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And, thou sh- and these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. How many of you all familiar with these words? Are you? Now what's the point of Deuteronomy 6? To the nation of Israel... God is letting them know his plan for them and the family. So I've titled these series today I've done for you all day, God's Plan for You and Your Family. All right, so let's review a little bit. You okay with reviewing? Not everybody was in Sunday school, and I don't want to get bogged down there, but let's review a little bit. How many of y'all remember that God is pro-family? Y'all remember that? And how many of y'all already knew that? Did you already know that? And how many of y'all remember this? Happy is the man whose quiver is full. So it's a good thing to have children, isn't it? They bring great joy to your life, don't they? And they make you happy. Kids will make you laugh, won't they? And if you don't laugh when you have kids, you need to pick it up a little bit. Uh, Kids, that is. You kids need to pick it up if your parents aren't laughing and bring a little humor to their life. Kids ought to make you chuckle. You ought to be happy about being a parent, and you ought to be happy, happy, happy as a family. Kids will make you laugh. I remember my daughter, Abby's, our oldest. And Abby, I remember when we taught her how to pray. She started talking, and I'm not making this up. She started talking when she was about eight months old, and she started walking when she was about ten months old, didn't she? And uh, she was—she's uh, always been our overachiever. She reads a ton of books. You know, she'll read two or three a week sometimes, and she's—you know—that kind of kid. And so right away, she's learning how to pray. She wasn't even saved yet, but I was teaching her how to pray. And so I'd pray out loud, and she'd repeat it. So we'd go to bed at night, and we'd work on her memory verse. And then I'd say, all right, Abby, let's pray. Now, you pray after Daddy. And I'd say, now, dear, dear God, and she'd say, dear God, and we'd pray, you know. And I'd say, in Jesus' name, and she'd never repeat that. She'd always say, amen, because she knew we were done. And one night, I remember I said to her, I said, you want to pray by yourself tonight? And she sat up. She was laying in bed. I said, you want to pray by yourself tonight? And she said, yes, sir. And she sat up and started praying. And she said, now, dear God, help Josh to be a good boy. Josh was her baby brother. Help Josh to be a good boy. And my heart said, amen, amen. Then she said, dear God, help me to be a good girl. And my heart said, amen. And then I wish you could have been there. So she said, and oh, dear Jesus, please save my daddy. <laughs> And I was like, well, hallelujah, praise the Lord. And I was already saved, but she knew people needed to be saved, so she was working on me. And she was hilarious because she got saved when she was four like her mama did. And she was one of those where she just was, you know, under conviction and knew it and we knew it and just waiting on her to respond. And she was gloriously saved. And then she went to work on Joshie. And uh, poor Josh was only three and didn't have a clue. And uh, his sister, you know, way down the road, and, and he was way behind her. And he didn't talk until he was like three because she wouldn't let him. You know, people would say, "What's your name, buddy?" And she, and she would answer, "His name is Josh." And she'd just talk for him, so he didn't talk at all. But I remember she got saved, and boy, she went to work on him, and it was hilarious. She, had scared the poor kid to death. One night, the pastor preached on the rapture, and she got in the car and said, "You better get saved because you're gonna be left behind." <laughs> and uh, he didn't know what a rapture was, but he was terrified, you know. And then later, we were driving somewhere, and they're in their car seats in the back of our vehicle, and she was trying to get him to get saved. He didn't have a clue. And finally she said, well, you do want to go to heaven, don't you? And he said, no, I want to go to Walmart. <laughs> so kids are a blessing, aren't they? They make you laugh. You ought to be pro-family. And you ought to enjoy being a parent. You ought to just enjoy You kids ought to enjoy being a part of a Christian family. That's what he's talking about here. Work on your family so it will be well with you. So you can increase in the land. They, it's a great joy to have a family. Matthew's our other one that makes me laugh all the time. He's a youth pastor now. And, uh, boy, he made us laugh. He kept us on our toes. He's, he's the kid one night coming home from church. We stopped and got pizza, and we're going to go home and watch something, you know. And we're driving home, and we stand right now, and I get the pizza, and I come out to the van, hand it back to the kids. It's only two miles or so to the house, and we're driving home, and I realize the kids are eating the pizza. Not even home yet, and haven't even started watching the film yet. I said film because I'm in a Baptist and we don't watch movies. We'll watch films. And uh, we're driving home there, and he's eating the pizza, and I said uh, to the boy, I said, well, come on, it wasn't a really big deal. You know, we're just being a family. I said, hey, 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 what's, what's wrong with you kids? And Matthew said, probably poor parenting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, you can't argue with that, can you? And I was like, "Now there you go. And he's the one I took him out to eat one day to have a little father-son talk, a little issue in his life, got to correct something. We went out and had, got, went to Starbucks, sat outside and a drink, you know, got us a drink and sat there and drank our Starbucks. And, uh, and then we, we had a little talk, and then we got in the vehicle to go. We backed out, and we're pulling out of the parking lot, and my hand was on the gear shift there in our SUV, and uh, we're getting ready to pull out, and he reached over and patted me on the hand. And he said, uh, just patted me, he said, once again, Dad, you've proven yourself to be a meaningful and valuable member of this family. <laughs> I'm like, well, thanks, I guess, amen. <laughs> and so uh, he's got a little boy right now, and I'm so excited about that, because his day... <laughs> His day's coming. I'm telling you, it's called reaping, reaping. You're going to reap it, son. And I'm so excited about it. I'm praying for that little boy. Lord, help him. Fill him full of energy and enthusiasm and wit. And I'm all about this. See, God's pro-family. Isn't it wonderful to have a family? And notice in Deuteronomy, though, don't get, don't get off track tonight because if you don't have a family, you're in Deuteronomy because it's God's plan for you and your family. He says that in verse 2, doesn't he? He says, I'm commanding you and your son and your son's son. If you don't have a family, then he's still talking about you. So move into Deuteronomy and, and, and learn how to embrace God's plan for your life. But if you have a family, move into Deuteronomy 6 and learn how to embrace God's plan for your family. God's concerned about you and your children and your grandchildren. I call that family development. That was our first point in Sunday school. So if you weren't in Sunday school, you need to get development down. And, and just, uh, just a quick reminder it's you, your sons, and your son's sons, like my family. Put that on the screen there for us. There they are. Uh, Beth and I are responsible for those right there. That's our family. That's Joshua and, or Abby and Josh and Matt and Jake and Charity. And, and then uh, there's our son in law, David, right behind my wife. And over there on the end with our granddaughters, Bethany, that's Josh's wife. Right there with the baby, that's Kareth, that's Matt's wife. Over there on the end, I guess that'd be this end for you guys, is Anna. Uh, she's, uh, she's uh, J- Jake's interest, and she was with us at Thanksgiving, getting to know each other. He's been up to see her family. She came to see us. We're getting to know her parents. They're getting to know us because we're working on a marriage here. He's, not, he's dating, yes, he's dating, but the point of it is we're working on a marriage. We're not just playing around. If you, I said to him, now you can get to know this girl if you're going to get to know her. Then the plan is you marry her. So are you willing to marry her? And we're working on that. And the answer seems to be from her mom and dad. Okay, we like him. And Bethany and I like her. We got two thumbs up going here on both sides of the family. We're on the roll, aren't we? Uh, we're not real big on dating. I, I know their our culture is. And if you uh, have never heard me preach on dating, I'd give you a quick three point outline. Don't date, wait. Wait till you're old enough to have a spouse to think about dating. And I joked about it in Sunday school, but it's true. If you're 14, you don't need a wife because you can't take care of a wife, you don't need a boyfriend. You don't need a girlfriend. You're not old enough for that yet. So just, I said to my kids, like them all. I said, boys, you know, they're all girls. Like all the girls. Just like them all. You don't need a girlfriend. You need to just be friends. Like them all. And my kids took me up on that. They just liked them all. We went to one church one morning to visit. We visited this church, and it was a great service. Not the way, we on the way home, got in the van, we're driving, and I said to the kids, I said, you, what would you think about that church? And my son, Matt, who normally doesn't type up about church, he piped up, he's a young man, he piped up and he said, Dad, I'm telling you I could go to that church. I said, really? Wow, the preacher was good and the music was fun. I said, well, tell me what you liked about that church. And he said, Daddy, that church has got a ton of pretty girls. <laughs> now, someday we get bothered about that. You're like, oh my goodness. But I wasn't bothered about that. Number one, I'm glad he likes girls. Amen. That's a terrible thing to have to say, but I praise God for that. I'm glad he does. So we celebrated that. Good. I'm glad you're noticing girls. Not a thing wrong with that. Don't get weird about it, guys. But if you think, you know, she's a pretty girl, you don't need a, you don't need a dater. You're not, you're just a teenager, but it's okay to notice. Help me out, moms and dads, because that's the truth. It's okay to notice. She's a, that's a pretty girl. And you girls, when you see a handsome guy, it's okay to notice. You know, he's a handsome guy. It's okay to notice. And, and nothing wrong with that at all. My wife, she noticed handsome guys and saw me. And uh, next thing you know, I saw her, and oh my goodness, pretty girl, handsome guy, we're, we're in good shape, don't you think? And she says, this is of the Lord, y'all, your parents okay with this? Don't date, wait, don't date alone, take a chaperone. That'll preach right there, won't it? Never be alone, never be alone. I don't mean, your know, dad has to be in the back seat with a shotgun when you go on a date, uh, but, but the idea is never be alone, just always have some accountability, never be alone, have some accountability. That young man in Proverbs got in trouble because he was alone, didn't he? And so never be alone. And then and then, and then don't, don't act wed until the I do's are said. I don't know. Don't shoot me over this. But I don't know if it's the end of the world if a guy holds a girl's hand. I don't know if that's the end of the world. I, I think it can be dangerous and unwise, but probably not the end of the world. But the fact of the matter is, save all of that. Save all of that you can until you're married. And then it's just something special you share only with you and your spouse. That's something special, isn't it? So here's what we're working on. We're working on this. It's our family right here. I'm responsible for these. See that little baby there in mama's arms? That's not my kid. That's Matt's kids. He's responsible for that one. But the Bible says here I am too. I'm to work hard enough on my family that those two grandkids in that photo right there, they're on the right track because we taught their parents and now their parents are teaching them. That's family development. That's what Deuteronomy is talking about. Am I making sense? Y'all with me? Then here's the next thing we learned in Sunday school. And that's not only family development, but family decision. Family decision. Now, what's our decision? There were two of them in the text. How many of y'all remember? What's the two decisions in the text? Tell me out loud. What are they? You remember? Fear the Lord and keep God first. Fear the Lord and keep God first. Those are our decisions. And I'm not going to re-preach that, so you have to go back and listen to that one. Now, let's move to our third point here. What's God's plan for you and your family? Development decision number three, Devotion. God's plan is devotion, that your family has devotion. Look at verse 5, and there's the devotion. There's a, you actually see uh, three areas where we're to be devoted to the Lord. Number one, we're to love God. We're to love God. Number one, we're to love God. You see that in verse 5? You're to love God. Number two, you're to love His Word. This is a, We're to be devoted in this area. We're to love God. We're to love His Word. And what are we to do? We're to live His Word. So I think i got a screen there. Put those three on the screen there for me. Here's here's your devotion. I want to love God. Isn't that what he says in verse 5? Thou shalt what? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. How do you all know that verse? How do you recognize that verse? What do you know about that verse? That verse shows up again. Where does it show up again? In the words of Jesus. And what was the question they asked Jesus? Y'all remember? What is the greatest commandment in the Bible? And what did Jesus say? Well, you need to carry a King James Bible to church. Well, he didn't say that. I believe in that. That's not what he said. What he said was, here's the greatest commandment in all the word of God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And he added to it with all your strength. Jesus expounded on it. Greatest thing you can do, moms and dads and your families, to love God. The greatest thing you can do is be devoted to the Lord, love Him with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, all your strength. Just love the Lord. It's important to love God. Love changes everything, doesn't it? Remember when you fell in love? Two of you, praise the Lord. (laughs) Y'all do remember when you fell in love, don't you? Y'all remember that? When you, you fell in love, you were like, wow, oh my goodness, I love her. I could spend the rest of my life with her. If she'll say, yes, I'll marry her and I'll give her my life and all my money. And she can have all of me. I'm all in. That's my wife. I'm in love with her. Love changes everything, doesn't it? Love's, love makes life special, doesn't it? Aren't you, glad we, we, aren't you glad we aren't just, you know, little robots and some evolutionary process? No, we are created in the image of God. And because we are created in the image of God, we can feel, we can experience love. And it's a glorious feeling. You know, people say, I love Corvettes. Well, I do too. And, and that's not even a wrong thing to say. We experience joy. That's, I like that. Or I love this. Or I, that, that's, that's it. He says, I'm to love God. Don't, don't be a Christian who's down and drab and barely surviving. You ought to love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul. You ought to serve and obey God happily. That'll help you have a Christian family. Serve and obey God happily. You teenagers, be happy Christians. And I want to tell you, examine your life. Because if you're not a happy Christian, it means something's not right in your life. I know there's burdens. I know there's issues. I know there's problems. But there's something definitely in the Bible. When you love the Lord, it spills over into joy in your life. Because the Lord's so good. I mean, y'all believe God is good, don't you? So isn't he worth loving? Don't you just love him? He's been good. Has he been good to you? So love the Lord. Our family verse. All these years we've been on the road in revival. We live 16 years full time in a 40-foot fifth wheel. We homeschooled all five. Well, I should say that right. Bethley homeschooled all those kids, and all the way through, we've gotten four graduates now. Praise the Lord! We got three college done with college, and we got one in college, and we got one in high school. All sixteen of those years lived in a fifth wheel. And we, what are we going to do? We're going to go to church every night. We're going to live in a fifth wheel. We're going to travel all the time. We're going to be with people all the time. What are we going to do? What are we going to do to help our kids do this right? Well, we're going to love the Lord. That's what we're going to do. We're going to love the Lord. So we chose our family verse, Psalm 100, verse 2, where the Bible says, serve the Lord with what? With gladness. I don't go to church because I have to. Praise God in this great I get to. I love the Lord. I just I don't I don't get up in the morning, and go, oh my goodness, there's my wife. I gotta talk to her. No, it's my wife, it's my best friend. I love her. Amen. I start every day in law. It's on this in this I get to spend my life with the person I love. And I love the Lord. So we get to go to church every night. As a kid, our kids go to church every night. Our different evangelist friends of ours would do it in different ways. And some would say, Well, you know it's hard. Some would say, Well, it's hard to be on the road. So we give our kids a night off every week. Well, we chose not to do that. Why? Because we just love the Lord, and we just go, if we're going to church, if you're sick and can't go, that's fine, or sometimes we're just practical. If you were too tired, and sometimes the kids are worn out and beat the, you know, just they're just done for, I'd say, honey, you stay home with them tonight, because our kids need to get rest and, and get back on track, because it's not that they're misbehaving or, or, or be rebelling. They're just flat out worn out, so I'm okay with being practical, but we say, we're just going to serve the Lord with gladness. And I don't know, what Beth and I worked at it real hard, and sometimes people say, why are all your kids in the ministry serving the Lord? And I, I, I don't know all the answer to that, but sometimes I think it could be answered in the fact that the one thing I think the Lord did help us to do was to serve Him with gladness, because we loved Him. We didn't always do everything right, but we loved the Lord. You ever been, you ever, you ever been, a, you ever been around a couple... Sometimes, sometimes you, you guys at home homeschool or whatever. Maybe you're part of a homeschool co-op, or if you travel the way do we do, you'll meet different couples in different churches do things differently. Sometimes we'll meet somebody, and they are absolutely so far to the right. I mean, it scares you how conservative they are. Y'all you know what I mean by that? Like, my goodness, those people don't do nothing, and uh, and yet and yet they're all happy, and and my goodness, their kids are well, and they grow up and serve the Lord. You know why? Because there was a happy family, there was a happy family devoted to the Lord. They were a lot more strict than we were, but their kids did well because they were devoted to the Lord and the family knew it. Sometimes we get around people that are so far to the left, we're like, are you people even sure you're saved? Their, music, their music's way to the left of where we would be. I here. Mean, we were in a revival years ago in this one church, and uh, the church was ultra-conservative, and I mean that, ultra-conservative. If they could have done it, they'd have had the choir wear robes. That's how conservative they were. And, and there was a family that showed up on Sunday night, and it was obvious everybody knew them. They came Sunday, they came in Sunday night, and they just kind of got, when they walked in, you, you, you knew they were there because they were a fairly large family, and they all, they all looked. You could just tell uh, these, these people maybe got a little bit of money. You know what I mean by that? You, they, they, you, they didn't sneak in. You just, oh, that, that, that family got your attention. And it was obvious everybody there knew them. And then uh, they came back Monday night, and they were there Tuesday night. And I found out they went to the rock church down the street. And that's what it was called, the rock church. And it was not just called the rock church. That's also what it did. And, and that's a church. We, we, we wouldn't have joined that church. But here's what I found about that family. Why in the world did their kids, we'd sing hymns and their kids is there and sing with all their heart. I commend you boys in the choir tonight, uh, you Miller boys, because you were singing with all your heart. And I just won't stop and commend you for that. I hope you never lose that. I hope you never lose it. Sometimes I see young men, and maybe they're even in the choir and barely move their mouth because their heart's not in it. I commend you guys. And I just want to say, I don't know you real well. Maybe I'm totally missing something. Maybe you just, you know, not even right with God, but I, I think you are. <laughs> and uh, because I commend you. For, I even leaned over them, I said to my said of my wife. I said, look at those boys singing the way they are. And I commend you for that. And here's how that's how their kids were, Pastor. These kids, now I wouldn't go to their church. But why, why would this, these kids and their family, they were, in fact, the pastor of that conservative he said to me, he said, that family confuses the daylights out of me because their kids love the Lord and they all are happily serving God and they're all in for God. I don't get it, he said. They ought to come to my church and they go down there. Well, I want to tell you what it is. You can be ultra conservative, but if you don't love the Lord, your family will know it and your family will suffer. You see what I'm saying with this? I'm illustrating something for you. I'm not saying they were right or wrong. I'm telling you, if your family's going to be what it ought to be, you can go to a King James-only church and lose your children. Because what you've got to do is be devoted to the Lord, do, to Him. You've got to love Him with all your heart. And the Bible says those who love God, it will be known of them. Your kids will know whether or not you love God. So you can't, anybody can fake it down here, can't we? Be honest, we can't fake it here, can't we? This is church for crying out loud. And look at you all. You all dress up to go to church. Well, some of you. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, those of us that really love the Lord, put on a tie tonight. And the rest of you, we're praying for you. And I'm just being silly. I'm being silly now. I know my dad's never worn a tie in his life except three times. And so I'm okay with that. And he loves the Lord too. But, but the point is, it's easy to be, come down here and dress up and be spiritual, isn't it? You can have a big fight on the way to church. Nobody knows it when you get there. Because you'll come in and turn on the, the, the vernacular. Hello, brother. God bless you. Are, are you all that way or, or not? And, and, but think about it. Think about it. You can't fake it at home, see? See, I can come down here and y'all look at me. Don't I look good? Wow, it's a tough crowd right here. I'm telling you right now. Woo, it's a tough crowd. Let me try that again. Don't I look good? But see, I I look pretty good. And y'all think, well, he's a nice preacher. He speaks well. But you know, there's some people I can't fool. That 15-year-old daughter of mine at home, I'll see her tomorrow. We'll fly home, Lord willing, make it home tomorrow. And I'll be with her this week, and she'll be with us. You know, we don't usually leave her because she's our only kid at home, and so she goes with us everywhere usually. And, and so my daughter, I can't fool her. She'll know when I love God. You all see what I'm saying here? You've got to be devoted to the Lord. You've got to love Him. Love His Word. You've got to love Him. Love His Word. Isn't that the point of these next verses here? Because he says right here, These words which I commend thee this day shall be in thine heart. Moms and dads, the Word of God's got to be real in your life before it can be real to your children. Daddy, you've got to know the Bible before your kids can know the Bible. Mom and Daddy, you guys got to be growing spiritually before your kids can grow spiritually. You've got to be devoted to the Word of God. We don't always have to be at the same place spiritually, and you all know that, don't you? Some of you have been saved longer than others, and if you're a soul-winning church, you're going to have people in your church that don't know as much as you know and don't do things the way you do them. That's what happens when you're a soul-winning church. There's going to be people all over the church that are at different levels, and you ought to be okay with that. Sometimes it's been bad badness. we want everybody to get saved, look like us tomorrow. And, and, and it doesn't happen that way because people have got to grow in the Lord. We're all at different levels, but we all ought to be loving the Lord and growing in His Word. You've got to read it every day and learn it and memorize it and, 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 and receive it when it's preached. You need the Word of God if you're going to have a Christian family because you've got to love the Word. And then you've got to teach it diligently to your children. And He tells you how to do it. How many of y'all know you can have family devotions formally? Did y'all know that? You come and get your, get, your, get your podium if you want. Get your pole. Come in here, kids. Sit down. Come in here. Sit down, kids. Come in here. Sit down. Sit down. We're going to learn the Word of God tonight as a family. Sit down. Let's sing. Amen. All right, let's take up an offering. We're Baptists. <laughs> now we're going to study the Bible. There's nothing wrong with that. Our families memorize Psalm 19 together. We've... Uh, I don't know how many times, we, we've read through Genesis together, we've, we've memorized Psalm 100, Psalm 23, Psalm 19, uh, we've worked on the Beatitudes and the Ten Commandments, we've just, we've done it formally, but what does he say you do right here? When you love God and you love his word, here's how you teach it to your children, you talk about it when you're sitting in your house, and when you're getting out of bed, and when you're going to bed, and when you're walking through life you got to make God's Word a living, breathing, vital part of your everyday life. That's how you have family devotions best. You just make it a part of your life. When you get the kids out of bed in the morning, give them a little bit of the Word of God. When you're sitting at the table, give the Word of God. And issues come up, you talk about the Bible. When you watch Andy Griffith, make sure you have devotions. Spiritual people watch Andy Griffith, don't they? Because we, we, I know people watch Andy We watch Andy Griffith. And and have you ever been watching Andy Griffith? and? and the jail door opens, and in stumbles Otis, and he's drunk as a skunk, and what does he do? Locks himself in a cell. Now, is that not the dumbest thing you've ever heard in your life? People don't get drunk and stumble down to the jail and lock themselves up. People get drunk and play the fool. Talk to me, is that right? So, this is a good time for devotions right there. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. Now, listen, listen. That's funny, and we all laugh about it. But I want you to know the Bible says wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. You can have devotions while you're watching TV. When, a, when a, you're watching a football game and, and, or a basketball game, and I won't mention any scores, but when you're, when you're watching a ball game and, and you got a cheerleader, next thing you know, here's a, an improperly dressed young lady. What a time for devotion! Job 31.1, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I think on a maid? Job said that. Our our family, our boys, we called it Dow 311. Job 31.1, Dow 311. That was our family saying. We'd we'd be in the mall, walking through the mall, and there's a maybe a risque poster. Daddy, Dow 311. Hey, son, Dow 311. We're learning the word of God in real time. That's why somewhere. That's our devotion to the Lord. You live the Word of God, you live it in real time. You don't have to always be preachy. I mean, sometimes our daughter will run in, and, and uh, my, wife, my wife is a great Bible teacher as a parent. My daughter will run in and say, Mom, da 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 da. And my wife, next thing you know, she'll be like, no, honey, here's what the Bible says about that, and here's what you do about that. And my daughter will go, Mom, I was just sharing. <laughs> and, and she does that to you all the time, does not she? But Mom, I was just sharing. I didn't need a sermon. But, oh, yes, she did, because the Bible says she did right here, doesn't it? You've got to talk about the Bible, kids. When you go in, you're just talking, all of a sudden, next thing you know, your daddy's preaching to you. You'll say, praise God, my daddy loves the Lord and loves the Bible and wants me to. That's a happy Christian family. Am I making sense tonight? I've got to close, and you all have to have a business meeting. Aren't you excited about that? <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. I love business meetings, and I don't have to be a part of yours. I just love that. Uh, but you've got to love God, love his word, and live his word. That's what he's saying. here. He said, "Hanging on the walls of your house. And put it between your eyes and talk about it and emphasize it and love God and love his word and teach it to your children. And just make it a living, breathing, vital part of it. You don't have to be weird about it, but you got to know the word of God so well that you can always point your kids to the word of God. That word diligent right there in verse 7 is a word that means to wet. Like sharpening a knife, to wet or to point. It's to wet or to point. The idea is every issue your children bring up, what you do is you point them to the truth of God's word. And what are we doing is we have family devotions. We're wedding our, word of God, uh, our children with the word of God. We're sharpening them. That's what this word means right here, which leads me to the next point. Not only should we love the Lord and love his word and live his word, that's family devotion. We got to get some diligence in there. Isn't that what he says right here? Be diligent about it. You ever, you ever gone to a restaurant where your waiter wasn't very diligent? Do you all know that word? Do you all know that word, diligent? You ever gone to a restaurant and you couldn't get your glass refilled? And you're like, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? What, 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 hello? Hello? And, you know, nobody's there. And you feel like, you know, I, I, I actually, we got seated one night at a restaurant. We sat there and we sat there and we sat there and we sat there. So I finally went up the counter. And I said, excuse me, man. I said, uh, you just seated me over there. And I'm thankful for that. But is there a chance I could get a different table? Because I need a table with a waiter. And and she was like, excuse me? And I said, we've been sitting there 20 minutes. Nobody's come by. I just wonder if we can get a dinner table. We need to get a table with a waiter, if you don't mind. And then she's like, I'm sorry, we'll get on that. Well, you know what I mean by that, don't you? we got to be diligent. we got to be diligent. You like diligence, don't you? You ever been to a restaurant where the waiter was so diligent it was weird? And you're like, "I, I haven't drunk that Coke yet, but thank you for those other two. Praise the Lord. Time I leave here, I'll be so caffeinated. I won't be able to sit down for a month. That's diligence, isn't it? You gotta get excited about having a Christian family and get all in serve the lord diligently and he says and and he just he goes on and on he says in verse 10 he said you know someday you're going to be blessed god's going to bring you to a land and he's going to he, he swore he'd give it to you and look at the end of verse 10 you're going to live in cities that you didn't build and in verse 11 houses and they're going to be full but you didn't fill them and you're going to drink water from wells that you didn't dig and eat vineyards and olive trees that you didn't plant and you're always going to be full does that sound like a country you know That's what he says in verse 11 there. You're going to eat and always be full. That's what he said. You know anybody like that that just always full? Anybody here like that? I'm just always, I don't eat because I'm hungry. I eat because I can. Come on, talk with me. Am I right or wrong? I was in Haiti one night preaching and my missionary friend said after a big service, he said, "Uh, you want to get a bite to eat? And I said, I don't know if I'm hungry or not. He said, what's that got to do with it? I don't eat because I'm hungry. I eat because I'm full. Are you identify with this? That's the blessings of God in your life. You and I are to be diligent about this. We're to be diligent in our love for God and diligent in training our children the Bible. And we're to be diligent in how we, we live the word of God. And we're to be diligent in blessings of God and having a grateful heart. Be diligent about it. That's what he's trying to teach us right here. That's how you have a fa- happy family. That's God's plan for you and your family. There's family diligence. He gives that same word again down in uh, verse uh, 17. I... I'm not going to preach all of it, but look at verse 17. Ye shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and his statutes which he hath commanded thee. Thou shalt do that which is right and good in the sight of the Lord that it may be well with thee. That it may be well with thee. What's God talking about? His plan for me and you and our families. That's what he's talking about here. That it be well with you. So you got to be diligent. You guys, it's a different word, by the way. The word in verse 7 is uh, the idea of sharpening, pointing, wetting. That's the idea of verse 7, uh, the diligent there. The diligent in verse 17 has the idea of guarding. We've always got to be on guard, moms and dads, because life gets busy. We've always got to be on guard because the enemy's after our children. We've always got to be on guard because the enemy's after your marriage. We've always got to be on guard because the, be the enemy wants to destroy your marriage, And he doesn't care how he does it. He'll just get you so busy, your marriage, your love begins to get cold. And he'll try to get you involved in some immorality if you're not on guard. He's a master at it. And I want to tell you, it's so, so much better to head it off at the pass, deal with things while they're about that big, than when they're so astronomically huge. My goodness, now it's a lot of work. Now, I'm glad to tell you tonight, you take care of things when they're small, you'll be glad you did. Take care of it when it's a tiny little thing before it gets big. Take care of it when it's tiny. It's a lot easier to handle it. But if there's something big in your life, I'm glad to tell you tonight, our God is always bigger than the biggest problem you have. And if you'll take steps of obedience and repentance and faith and righteousness, you'll go overboard and do what's right. I promise you tonight, the word of God can help you to get victory and put you back on the right path. He's a God of new beginnings. How many of y'all know that? Amen. Our God is a God of new beginnings. If you don't know that, write that down. That's why every year he gives you a brand new year, every 365 days. He does better than that because 12 times a year gives you a brand new month. That's a brand new beginning. He even does better than that because every seven days he gives you a brand new week. That's a brand new beginning. He even does better than that because every 24 hours the sun rises and the Bible says, great is thy faithfulness. Thy mercies are new every morning. You can always start over and take the steps to change things in your life and get on the right path. You can always do that and you can straighten out messes and clean things up and have the blessings of God back in your life. But God's plan is you take care when it's about that big. Little issue in your life, deal with it right now so you can get that little issue out while it's insignificant. Don't wait till it's bigger, see? Be diligent. Guard, guard, guard the commands in the life God wants you to live. And one last word, development, decision, devotion, diligence, and throw that last word up there, and that's the word discussion, discussion. And I won't preach much on that, but let me just say it and be done. Verse 20, when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, well, what mean the statutes or the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then shalt thou say unto thy son, We were Pharaoh's bondmen in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, showed us signs and wonders, great and sore, and so forth. And verse 23, brought us out that he might bring us in to give us the land. And verse 24, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as it is at this day. And it shall be our righteousness if we observe to do all these commandments before the Lord our God as he hath commanded us. Can I say to you tonight, family? discussion is important when your children ask you a question why do we got to go to church tonight remember deuteronomy 6 and answer it why do we got to go to church again let me tell you why because um, i was a sinner and i was on the road to hell and one day i met jesus christ and he saved me and changed my life he brought me out of egypt into the promised land and your daddy's a different man and because of what god did in my life that's why we're going to church tonight Daddy, why can't we watch that movie? Well, let me tell you. Because there was a time your daddy was a sinner down in Egypt, and I was a slave to sin, and I met Jesus Christ, and he changed my life. What you got to do, moms and dads always point our kids back to the old, old story that there's a Savior named Jesus who died for our sins to change our lives. That's why we have standards. That's why we go to church. That's why we have devotions. That's why we don't do this and don't do that. And that's why we do this and we will do that. Why? Because there's a story to tell. And you got to talk up a storm about it. I oh, mean, moms and dads just get real good at talking. You got grandkids get real good at talking. Amen. And you say, Papa, why don't you do that? Well, let me tell you. See, I have meals and sit down at meals and talk. Families need to talk. Turn your TV off. Turn your phone off. Don't let you don't you let your TV be on during a meal. You don't need that. Turn your TV off and put your to put your phone down. Silence your watch. And just talk to each other. Just talk to each other. Ask questions and talk to each other and, and listen to each other. Just talk, just talk. One of the greatest things our family does is talk. And we have a meal together, we talk. We sit down, have coffee together, we talk. We, we, we try to talk all the time. We uh, one of the hardest things right now is that I'm getting older and about nine o'clock I'm ready for bed. But I got a teenager. And my teenager, about 1030, loves to come to our bed and crawl out in the middle between me and Bethany Joy and go, let's talk. And I'm like, let's not. And, and, but no, nope, that's my daughter. She crawls up there. Let's talk. And Beth and I have to remind ourselves all the time now, well, we only got a few more years of this and let's stay awake. And let's talk. And, and we laugh and we talk. You can get a lot of talking done about 1130. If you got a teenager or 2 AM or 1 AM and God designed you to be tired. So you might as well just stay up and talk and uh, just be tired. That's how it is. You're going to be tired anyway, because you're old. And that's just what happens when you get older. You're just tired all the time, so just might as well stay up late and talk, but let's have conversations, and let's talk, because that's what he says here. Now listen, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. Sometime this week, read these 25 verses, and just chew on them. Say, God, help me and help my family to be what they ought to be. Help us to develop our family, Lord, and don't beat yourself up if you've got issues tonight. Don't beat yourself up, because development takes time. Lord... Uh, help me to fear you and keep you first and help us to change things as we see things in our life that need to change. Help us to be devoted to you, Lord. And help us to be diligent and help us to take time to talk to each other. What's this all about? It's about God's plan for you and your family. Can I tell you, it's worth it. It's worth it. You know, you won't always have kids at home. And don't be discouraged. I hope I mentioned that well enough this morning that you got it. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Just keep, keep at it. If your kids aren't everything you think they ought to be, but they're in church, praise God for that. Amen. Rejoice in that. If, if, if your grandkids, it, maybe you wish they were a little more conservative, but they are in church, then, then talk to them all the time, so they'll love the Lord and just celebrate it. I, I was looking back at my, my youth and thinking about people I knew that weren't exactly what I am now. But, boy, they loved God, and they touched my life, and I'm thankful for them. I praise God for some mountain people. Just as country as a day is long, they didn't know any theology hardly, but they loved my God, and they touched my life. And I thank God for those people. They, I'm, I'm what I am, partially because of people like that, that loved the Lord and reached out and touched my life. Don't ever get over it. Just love each other and love God and raise your family for the Lord. And train them. Things are important. Train them. You need to talk to your kids about the Bible, about purity, about TV, about marriage. Just talk up a storm. Mom and dad, it works. And in a world that's falling apart, this culture needs you. This world needs you, and you're important. And may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon your family. May he give you peace. May he give you his favor, and he will if you'll seek him. Do you all believe that or not? All right, let's stand together for prayer. Let's stand together. Now, would you take a moment and pray for yourself and your family? Would you take a moment, just bow your head right now and pray for yourself? You teenagers, pray for yourself tonight. God, help me to always have a heart for you and help me to always love you and help me to love your word. Oh, Lord, help me. Just pray that. God, help me to love you and love your word. Help me, God. Moms and dads, pray. Say, Lord, help me to be diligent, to point my children to your truth and to continue to train them. Can I just say it tonight? If things aren't well in your life, why don't you tonight make a commitment to God, Lord, I'm gonna make changes and I'm gonna start taking steps to get myself where I ought to be so I can have your blessings and favor again. Why don't you pray like that? We're not gonna judge you. We're not gonna we're, we're not gonna treat you harshly. We'll give you grace. We'll give you grace tonight, because our Heavenly Father has given us grace. We will if you'll. You'll take right steps and get on the right path. You can have the grace of God, not just our grace. You can have the grace of God. So I want all of you to pray. Just take a moment and pray. Just really seek the Lord. And then I'm going to pray for you, and then Pastor's going to come. Father, my brothers and sisters in this room, I don't know everything about them. I don't know needs. There may be something so big in somebody's life here that that I'd be caught off guard if I knew it. But, oh, Lord, you know it, and you're not caught off guard at all. You know the why, and you know the details, and you know the pathway out of the mess. And you are able. I pray you'll help them to be willing to take right steps and get on the right path. There's many of us here tonight, Lord, and things are pretty well. Our kids are on the right path, and we're being diligent, and we're trying. Oh, Lord, protect us from the evil one. Deliver us from evil. Oh, Lord, deliver us from evil. Oh, Lord, fill us with your Spirit. Oh, Lord, give us wisdom to train our children in a world like ours. Help every young person in this room to devote their life to you, to come to know your Word and live it all the days of their life. Help every young person here to grow up to be godly, successful believers who serve you all the days of their life. Help us as moms and dads to serve you all the days of our life, too. Lord, we don't know what the future holds. We don't know what's coming down the pike this year in 24. But we know you are good. We know that you care. We know that you're able. We love you for that. Bless us. Lead us. Guide us. And in the name of your wonderful son, Jesus, Lord, I pray.